Did you know that the original Final Fantasy creator, Hironobu Sakaguchi, made a spiritual successor to that legendary series called Fantasian for Apple Arcade, and every level in the game is a handmade, physical miniature model. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing, and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au forward slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today at sifter.com.au forward slash arcade for a one month free trial of Apple Arcade and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. This offer is for new subscribers only $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. Hey, and welcome to Mainstream by Sifter. My name is Gianni. Now, if this is the first time you've ever listened to the show, God, it's good to have you here. Uh, on Mainstream, uh, the team of Sifter uh, discuss their experiences on a variety of games. We talk about those big titles, those smaller titles, those micro games, those indies, retro releases, anything really. Things that we've been playing that we spent a little bit of time on and actually spend a bit of time to consider. Uh, it's all covered on Mainstream. My guest this week is Adam Christou. Hello, Adam. Hey, hey, how's it going? It's going really, really well. Uh, this week, we're digging into Sable, which is the debut game from indie studio Shedworks. Uh, Adam, just give me a few little teasers first uh, about what we're going to experience with Sable when we discuss it a bit further. Yeah, so Sable is a third-person adventure exploration game. You climb, jump, and glide your way through a rich animated world that draws influences from everything from Studio Ghibli to the artwork of, of Jean Mobius Gerard. Um, and The Legend of Zelda as well. Um, and I, I do think it also draws a lot from things like Breath of the Wild. And you take on the role of Sable, a young girl about to set out on a coming-of-age story and ritual. Um, her gliding, which sends her out into the world to explore and experience life and discover... Who is she actually going to be? Like, what's she going to do in this world? What is her place? And so you get armed with a trusty hover bike, a compass, and a looking glass, and you're sent out into the world to travel and discover, make your own adventures, and work out who you are as Sable. This is Mainstream. All right, Adam, we've got a little bit of a taste of what Sable is. It sounds like it's a grand adventure. Um, if people have seen the, the pictures or the screenshots of it, it's beautiful, uh, sort of uh, flat, textured-looking game. Um, but what is this game? How do you play it? Um, what sort of uh, story unfolds as you're working your way through the world? Let's, let's jump straight into the narrative because I feel like that almost flows out to the rest in terms of mechanics and stuff. And... I guess, yeah, as I mentioned, this is a coming-of-age story. Um, it it can look epic and grand, but really it's a very simple, subtle story about personal growth and about place in the world, which I really love. This world is so rich and fleshed out and feels like it has so much going on about it. But really, all you are doing is traveling to a few places, collecting some tokens to kind of create masks, which designate... Um, potentially the role that you fit in within society, and then coming back home at the end of your journey to pick which one of those masks fits you best as a person. That is it in terms of the story here. There is no like grand, big, evil wizard to defeat. 
no like kind of um i guess hero's tale or um power fantasy kind of enmeshed in this world it is really kind of a solemn beautiful exploration uh game of 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 the world but also the self which i i really love um sable is the character you you inhabit in this space and one thing that i really love about this game is you feel grounded within her very quickly she is not exactly a self-insert for you as a person um but a living breathing fleshed out character that walks in this space and the way that they've done that really well is that in any sort of dialogue or interaction that you have in the world you get to read sable's internal monologue about you know descriptions of who that person is, what they look like, um, some of the kind of quaint elements that you would come across in a conversation with someone. So she might be talking to someone and notice that they scowl at her a lot and she'll think to herself, man, this person really hates me. You get a real feel of who Sable is as a person and some of her character, um, which is that she seems to be very adventurous, very go-getting and just full of love and excitement for exploration, which you know I think feeds you as a person playing this game to want to kind of take on those elements, which I think is really essential. Um, the way that this game works is it has that sort of breath of the wild element to it where um, after a quick introductory sequence, which kind of sets up some of the key um, mechanics of the game, which is using your compass to kind of pick out things on the environment that you want to see, kind of getting used to the basics of climbing, and which is very much like Breath of the Wild. You have a stamina meter and you climb up stuff and you can scuttle on things. It then sets you out into the world with what limited skills you've got to kind of then explore to your heart's content. And it really is a game that wants you to kind of climb up somewhere high, have a look around and see what might be enticing on the horizon and then make your own story as whether or not you decide to explore that world um, and go to some interesting landmarks or continue on with the story. It's really kind of up to you. But the idea is that you're, the world is a blank canvas and there's a whole bunch of exciting things off on the horizon. It's up to you to paint in the story of exploration around it. All right, tell me a little bit more about, like, I guess, the driving force in this game. Because as you said, there isn't a big quest for you to solve, but there is a world for you to explore. Um, you sort of hinted that, you know, that Breath of the Wild, there's something on the horizon that you might be looking towards that would be driving most of what you've done. Um, but why was it that this game, because I know you love this game, why was it this game really, really compelled you to keep working its way through the world? It's weird, right? Because I, I, I think the more and more I reflect on this game, it's absolutely going to be up there as my potential game of the year one of my favorites in years um sitting alongside things like the outer wilds and breath of the wild in terms of like games that i think of and i think that there is a couple of elements there one there is that literary touch and flair that i mentioned before with the way that sables in a world is narrated to you and that you get a feel through her eyes through really great writing in this game I think that kind of put me in her shoes very quickly and made me want to explore. But I think that there is just this tangible sense of the world being alive with mystery that really works for me. It's those windswept sand dunes that, that are in the distance. They might be eating up old towers that you can see crumbling that you want to kind of explore. You know, what's the mysterious ancient ruins in the distance over there? Hey, I can see a spacecraft that's crash landed on the horizon. What is that? Is that going to explain to me this world and its intricacies, where these people came from? Um, Sable comes from a nomad desert tribe, but were they originally from this planet or are they from somewhere else? These are questions that start kind of getting buried into your mind as you explore in this world. And what I love about Sable is that the world of Midden, which is the place that you're in, that lore is slowly and very carefully uncovered for you through exploration. 
And it's totally your choice. I mean, learning about the the way that this solar system that this planet is set up within is something that I discovered while exploring in this game. And that is the reward I got for going on and exploring. I didn't really get like power up or some skill ups. I got some really juicy, interesting lore about the world that Sable in- inhabits that might help her figure out her place in it and what she wants to do at the end of her journey in terms of fitting into her tribe or going somewhere else. And that I really loved. There was this desire to kind of see everything that might be available to me and to kind of pick apart some of the mysteries of this world and the promise that I would actually be rewarded for my curiosity, I think was um, the best part of this game. That was a re- that was a promise that was actually delivered on multiple times. And I think that's why this game's kind of clawed into me and stayed with me so well. And there's, you know, some really incredible plot beats. Um, like I almost think of Sable a little bit as a series of short stories as well. Um, very early on in this game, in one of the first towns you come across, you bump into um, a, a guard woman. Her name is Elizabeth, and she's retired from her role as a guard in one of the big populous towns of this desert world. Um, and she announces after 17 plus years of being a town guard, she's going out and she's going to do a second gliding, a second pilgrimage to kind of see more of the world. Because the first time around she did it, she just rushed, got her first mask and settled into being a guard because that's what she wanted to do. And she felt like she never really got to see the world and kind of figure out like all the beautiful things in the world that you could see. And just that idea of someone being captured by a sense of wanderlust or a desire to travel again in their like later on in life is really um kind of impactful especially since you're playing like a 16 17 year old on the other spectrum of that and elizabeth is a character that you will just keep running across in various towns and interesting locations throughout the world sharing your stories with each other and it's just little moments like that that sort of add up into this feeling that i'm just playing really good science fiction novellas throughout this game and i just constantly cannot get those out of my head i think the world building here is just phenomenal it's interesting to hear about a character as well. I mean, we see so many stories about young people going on a journey to discover themselves, but older characters who've lived a life and then rediscovering what their life will hold is something you actually don't see a lot in, especially in games, at least. That's kind of curious to hear that they'd sort of done that that way. Yeah, it's almost like a, a ship's passing in the night sort of thing that you would get with like a Dark Souls game where you bump into like that that kind of NPC multiple times as you work your way through the game um, and see where they got stuck or what foibles they came across on their journey. And it's it's similar to that. There's a few different characters that you'll routinely bump into or some really interesting sort of stories and locations that you'll come across that really do feel like just their own little mini game inside sable with their own puzzles and their own interesting things that you can kind of it's almost like a a tapestry that you want to unravel a little bit you just want to kind of know more about the lore of this world what is going on here um and yeah I, i cannot express enough how that is all i need to be sucked into this game is just that real sense of great storytelling because I think when we talk about what works and what doesn't work in this game, we're going to start talking about like performance issues and about like weird bugs that have cropped up for a lot of people playing it. And it's amazing to me because while that I did have some of those issues in this game, I really don't care because I had such a great experience um, with the world and the storytelling in this game that it's almost like I, I do not mind how rough and raw around the edges this game can feel at times. Um, tell me a little bit about 
the music in this game as well, because in terms of building a world, the soundtrack to this game is something else as well, isn't it? I really like this game's soundtrack. It is really, really great. Um, it's been composed by uh, an indie musician, Japanese Breakfast, um, who I've been across for a few years now. And I guess I'm always intrigued when I see someone kind of coming into scoring a video game that maybe hasn't had um, done that before. I'm always interested in how their music might translate in this sense. This is an original score with lots and lots of pieces. It is not like Japanese Breakfast having a song licensed into part of the game. It's like a full composition that she's done. And she's she's said in interviews before, people like Koji Kondo have been inspiration. Studio Ghibli has been inspiration for her as well. And there is like a real nice mix of some of the things that I think about when I think of Japanese breakfast, like kind of summery, um, kind of lilty, um, almost dream pop guitar riffs that kind of like score the early parts of the game. And then just things that I feel like remind me of The Legend of Zelda. Like there is this wonderful um, kind of creaky, almost accordion sounding track um, called the cartographer's theme, which kicks in whenever you um, climb up and scale to a cartographer's balloon to buy a map of an area. And it just reminds me of like similar music in The Legend of Zelda when you would come across an NPC and they would have their own theme music. There is just a real nice sense of ambience in here as well. This music feels kind of both lush but also um, sparse enough that it allows some of the really great ambient sound design in this game. So the sound of you know, wind rustling through a dune, the sound of sand under your feet, that all kind of comes through and plays in this really nicely. Um, with what I think is just, yeah, a really phenomenal soundtrack and probably one of my favourites in a video game in years. There's a lot in there to love, but there are obviously a few teething issues with this game as well, especially um, jumping into it in the very early stages. Uh, I played it the, the day it came out on the Xbox Game Pass and uh, found that there were quite a few sort of... I almost couldn't tell if it was a stylistic choice because they were sort of so frequent, but stuttering issues, a bit of, um, you know, graphical problems every now and then. Um, what was your experience of the actual the, the playing of this game and what worked and what didn't work? Yeah, hit and miss, hey. Um, so definitely... I, I came into it after a patch, which improved performance, but it still wasn't great. So I have a Series X and I did definitely notice that when you loaded into a new area, there would be this chug where frame rate would stutter and jitter and just like, you know, kind of lots of pop in weirdness from time to time. If you use the fast travel mechanic a lot, there must be a memory leak in this game because it will cause some real wild performance issues and if you are doing a lot of that, definitely save your game, close the game down, like go into Xbox and shut it down, then restart and you'll find performance improves. This can be said the same for the Xbox uh, Games Pass version on PC, which I eventually jumped over to um, because I kind of could brute force better performance on my PC than my Series X, um, but still did have stuttering and kind of moments where the game really started to chug, even on a 380. 
Um, so there's 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 a bit of that, but this is a very small indie team, a very ambitious project. You kind of go into it expecting a little bit of roughness and rawness that you wouldn't get with like a super slick AAA. So just have that in the back of your mind. Um, sometimes there would be things that were really janky when it came to exploration, like you can kind of find yourself shimmying up a wall that you shouldn't be able to by mashing the jump button and taking advantage of broken ge- geometric stuff. I fell through the world a couple of times while loading from fast travel. I would just appear in to nothing and start falling and just a quick fast travel would fix it. Um, there would be moments where there is a big movement mechanic in this game called gliding, where you hold down the jump button when you're in the air and Sable will kind of gently float through the air which is really great for like jumping off really high things so that you can land somewhere else. But sometimes you would glide and land onto something you should be able to grip onto and just Sable wouldn't and you would fall. Um, so there were moments where it did feel like um, some of that was a bit broken. But like I said, it's, it's really weird to me because even though there was a bit of that jank, um, I still found myself completely enmeshed in this game. I do feel like the worst... Um, offender in terms of like jankiness is that your hover bike has a summon button to it so um, we've barely spoken about the hover bike which is its own character it has a name Samoon it almost feels like Sable has a connection to her her bike and is able to almost speak to it Um, but sometimes when you'll go to call Samoon Samoon don't show up and you will be standing very far away being like come on I want to continue with my adventure. There must be some sort of range to your call for it. So, um, but it did feel like there was a lot of like me running back to where my motorcycle last was it finally hearing me and making the slow journey back over to me where, you know, I don't want the immersion breaking, like roach the horse teleports behind me sort of thing. Like the Witcher three had, but I definitely also really do want that sometimes when Samoon just doesn't show up to like, give me a ride. So um, you know, that th- th- there is that sort of element to it as well. But yeah, I don't know. I think that this is going to be a really weird, interesting game for some people because um, another thing that I think might not work for a lot of people is just a feeling of not having anything to do. Um, for me, um, the process of exploration, of exploring a space, of climbing through it, of kind of filling in the gaps in my mind of a potential story that could be told from the landscape that you're walking through is enough. Um, But I think for some people, they'll be like, there's no combat in this game. There's no boss fights in this game. All of the collectibles that I can find are cool outfits for Sable that I can look right in and maybe some bike parts, but that is like it. Um, There is the ability to upgrade your stamina from finding certain items in the world, but that's about it for progression. Like you're not unlocking abilities like in a Metroidvania that let you like travel around the world in a different way. It's you climb stuff, you glide off stuff. That is it. You have a bike. Is that thing over there cool? Off you go. And I think if you don't get into the rhythm of that, you're going to be like, this is a very boring game. Um, So I, I do feel like for some people, they might struggle with that element, um, that this is like probably one of the best third-person walking simulators. Um, and I hate that term but because I think that there's so much more to games than that. Um, but I can see people f- maybe getting stuck a little bit with this and being like, oh, that, what do I do? Where do I go? What am I meant to be doing? There are moments in this game where a quest will give you a really vague suggestion of where you can go, but really it's like up to you 
to go there and to make the next step and to kind of continue your journey. Um, so I can see a lot of people kind of falling off the wagon, feeling like there might not be enough to hook themselves into. But I, I really like that sort of almost minimalist element to it at times, which felt really like it just worked for me. I can't quite put my finger on why it clicked, but it did. Maybe it's because you spent a lot of time standing around in beautiful looking worlds, taking screenshots of the way that this world looks because it really is stunning, really. Even if you, outside of the things which may cause slight gameplay issues when you're playing it, if you just stop and look, there's yeah, a lot Yeah, and in terms at, of puzzles, there's some kind of cool stuff involving like switches and doors and weird jumping and climbing. There's a full-on Zelda-style dungeon hidden away somewhere in this game. I don't really want to tell you where it is. There's a few other places that remind me of the shrines in Breath of the Wild 2 that um, kind of limit your ability to kind of climb around and you have to get really um, experimental with how you're going to solve puzzles in there. And I think that sort of stuff is really fun as well because it's all up to you to stumble into it too. So yeah, there is some some good gameplay here. But yeah, I do wonder some people, I think there's going to be a love, love it, hate it sort of situation for some people. It's absolutely like up there as my potential game of the year. But I am also the person that really just enjoyed doing side quests in death stranding where you are just carting who cares what from one base to the other because you enjoy walking um so keep that in mind you better enjoy walking to to love this game it's interesting because the thing that always came to mind when i was looking at what this game was was um a game which we think maybe cancelled, I don't think there's an official word that it has actually been cancelled or not, um, called In the Valley of the Gods um, by Campo Santo, that sort of same exploratory uh, adventure through a, a, a ruined world where you're picking bits and pieces up, you know, same developers who made Firewatch, of course, um, and that's something I sort of felt, but obviously that, you know, Mobius-style artwork as well, you know, is something that we're going to see a lot more in science fiction. Um, you know, there was a there's a game that's coming out called... Um, Mars First Logistics, which we've spoken to Ian McClarty on on Lightmap about as well. You know, this sci-fi worlds that are kind of tied together uh, as, you know, you kind of discover bits and pieces of it. So, you know, I, I'm really curious to see what people take from this. And, you know, you as you said at the top, it's you can see the influence of games like Breath of the Wild um, that have formed the, you know, the bones of what this game is. Um, and, uh, you know, the next next set of games that come out inspired by this game will be really interesting to, to see, I think. You're listening to Mainstream by Sifter. Visit us on sifter.com.au. So this has been mainstreamed by Sifter. It's what games the Sifter team have been playing, have been sinking our teeth into. Uh, Adam, thank you so much for being part of episode 31. My pleasure. Uh, thanks to Brian Fairbanks from Salty Dog Sounds for composing the mainstream theme music. Um, Adam, if people want to interact with you online and see good screenshots that you've posted from the games you're playing, uh, where can they find you? Um, I'm off all my social media still because... Um... I don't know, conspiracy theories freak me out and make me sad. So I'm on the Sifter Discord at the moment. That's where you can find me. Um, we have a Discord for Sifter. It's at sifter.com.au forward slash Discord if you want to go check it out and join um, and say hi to other people that are listening to the podcast or producing the podcast. 
Um, and you can also just follow Sifter's social medias as well. Like I'm, I'm, I might not be on social media, but Sifter is. We're at Sifter HQ on Twitter or Instagram. Um, so say hi to us there. Um, we've also got another podcast as well. You might have heard me mention it there. It's called Lightmap, where we talk to game developers, uh, to creatives who work on interactive media, um, just people who are doing cool things. And we find out what it actually is like to make things, uh, what it takes to create these experiences that we we love of all different scales, big things, small things, uh, you know, huge studios, one-person teams. That's um, called Lightmap. It's in your podcast player right now. You can get uh, every episode for nothing. It's completely free. Um, so head to your thing or you can find it on uh, YouTube as well. There's versions of it there where you can see video versions of, of the interviews that we do. So that's called Lightmap uh, as long with, along with Mainstream, which you're listening to now, both free in your podcast player. Yeah, and uh, we may have mentioned it already, but we have a website. Um, it's got articles, it's got pieces, it's got links to our podcast, it's got video content and a whole heap more. It's at sifter.com.au. And if you like what you heard, one of the best things you can do for independent podcasts like us is actually tell someone who you know will enjoy what we do uh, that they'd enjoy this and you should check it out. Basically, uh, word of mouth is one of the big important things. If you do have a bit of extra cash though, you can support uh, Sifter by picking up some great uh, video game inspired t-shirts on the Sifter store. Uh, The proceeds of that go back into us getting new equipment, uh, going to events, all of those sorts of things. Uh, so that's sifter.store. Uh, if you want to buy one of those shirts, heaps of more designs. There'll be heaps ahead of Christmas as well. Sifter.store. That's uh, pretty much all the time we have for today. Uh, Adam, thanks so much for being part of this. Yeah, thank you for having me on to ramble about Sable. I love this game and it's really good. Uh, potential game of the year. So keep an eye out for that later this year when we wrap everything there. Uh, but for everyone else, until next time, have fun. Did you know that the original Final Fantasy creator, Hironobu Sakaguchi, made a spiritual successor to that legendary series called Fantasian for Apple Arcade, and every level in the game is a handmade, physical miniature model. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing, and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au forward slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today at sifter.com.au forward slash arcade for a one month free trial of Apple Arcade and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. This offer is for new subscribers only $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled.